0: Welcome to the Lazy Book Club podcast, the book club for those who don't want to read or leave the house. My name is Matt Gonzalez. Who
1: are you? David <laughs> Ox.
0: <laughs> and I'm
1: Josh Matheson.
0: Is that a copyrighted song or did you make that up?
1: Uh, when you sing it as out of key as that, I think uh, <laughs> the algorithm won't pick it up. <laughs> I don't think I'll be getting sued by staunch Brexiteer Roger Daltrey.
0: If that. it's less than eight bars, you're fine. Today we're looking at Chapter Four of Animal Farm. Last week ended with Napoleon having taken the puppies away. Yeah. And oh yes. Taking them up them in the to loft. the barn, like the the attic in the barn. KGB school. Yeah, and was it's yeah. basically seems to be training his own private army. Paw
1: Patrol. Paw
0: Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm going to get sued again. Paw Patrol. That's what it should be. <laughs>
1: Mind you, if you, like Paw Patrol, like you see the uh, those kids' lunchboxes and stuff. They don't look very menacing. They're like big, mm. fluffy cartoon they're puppy They're unthreatening. Yes, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be like you know if I was like sort of taking drugs in the park and that little puppy comes.
2: Not for the kids though. I know some parents who use Paw Patrol as like parenting. They're like, really? If you don't tidy your room, Paw Patrol will come. And they're like,
1: <laughs> ah! and they got the idea from Animal Farm, the new animation
0: <laughs> version of the man. Have you ever had that? We're like mum will go. Oh, don't do that. The man will tell you off, and she points at you, and you're like, "I'm not going to tell your kid anything." Like, what are you, <laughs> why are you making me the villain in this? Like, the man. <laughs>
1: Stick it to the man.
2: I did not enjoy the first time that I was referred to as the man by yeah. like some some mother on a tube. Yeah, I, it makes you feel very old yes, and a bit does. creepy.
1: Uh, I th- yeah, I think the first time was when I was like, I was working for my auntie selling. She used to uh, go around schools with the like book fair and i was helping her out just during the holidays she was like oh and one of the teachers was like, oh yeah give your money to the man i was like oh, i'm 17 <laughs> <laughs> to be fair you probably had a beard at 13 yeah i did <laughs> um, i did yeah 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 i did age quite early which is great for like if you wanted to go and buy beer yeah <laughs> essentially <laughs> in a nutshell that's what it was great for So last week as well, the animals did their first hay
0: harvest and it was the biggest hay harvest ever because Boxer worked harder than ever and even the ducks and the chickens picked up every single last strand of straw and hay. Mm. But the pigs didn't do any work. They supervised.
2: In their deck chairs.
0: Yes, and they also assigned their own little quarters and they've also taken all the milk and all the apples because they said it's brain food and they do it for... The good of the farm, not yep. because they like the milk and the apples. So they're already starting to spread their own propaganda.
1: Yeah, which we discovered was a real goose. Oh dear. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping in this uh, chapter, this is the first time we see a cat driving a tractor. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want to imagine. Yes. <laughs> it's got Seems little, likely. Uh, blocks blocks on the pedals. <laughs> yeah, and a little hard hat on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So we um, have a look at chapter four, then? Oh, go on, then.
2: Chapter four. By the late summer, the news of what had happened on Animal Farm had spread across half the country. Every day, Snowball and Napoleon sent out flights of pigeons whose instructions were to mingle with the animals on neighbouring farms, tell them the story of the rebellion, and teach them the tune... Beasts of England.
1: Do you think the pigeons are going to launch (laughs) a? Oh, wow.
0: That's pretty good, actually.
1: Special,
2: special. Most of this time, Mr. Jones had spent sitting in the tap room of the Red Lion in Willingdon, complaining to anyone who would listen of a monstrous injustice he had suffered in being turned out of his property by a pack of good for nothing animals. The other farmers sympathized in principle but they did not at first give much help. At heart, each of them was secretly wondering whether he could somehow turn Jones's misfortune to his own advantage. It was lucky that the owners of the two farms which adjoined Animal Farm were on permanently bad terms. One of them, which was named Foxwood, was a large, neglected, old-fashioned farm, much overgrown by woodland, with all its pastures worn out, and its hedges in a disgraceful condition. Its owner, Mr Pilkington, was an easy-going gentleman farmer who spent most of his time in fishing or hunting according to the season. The other farm, which was called Pinchfield, was smaller and better kept. Its owner was Mr Frederick, a tough, shrewd man, perpetually involved in lawsuits and with a name for driving hard bargains. These two disliked each other so much that it was difficult for them to come to any agreement, even in defense of their own interests.
0: I'm trying to work out obviously if animal farm is representative of the Soviet Union, then surely these other two farms must be representative of two other countries near Russia the
2: superpowers, maybe
0: yeah, oh hilarious. <laughs> Foxwood Farm represents the United Kingdom. <laughs> the We're overgrown unkept. woodland. We're unkempt.
2: <laughs> we just like fishing and hunting yes. and all that sort of nonsense. What about the neat little pinch field?
0: Germany is my final answer. Oh it does. It represent it symbolizes Germany.
1: Deutschland, Deutschland, über alles. Small and neat and
0: everything in order, that makes sense Very neat and efficient yeah. Yeah.
2: Great, so nice to know that we are Russia's scrappy friend
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Nevertheless, they were both thoroughly frightened by the rebellion on Animal Farm And very anxious to prevent their own animals from learning too much about it At first, they pretended to laugh to scorn the idea of animals managing a farm for themselves. The whole thing would be over in a fortnight, they said. They put it about that the animals on the manor farm, they insisted on calling it the manor farm, they would not tolerate the name Animal Farm, were perpetually fighting among themselves and were also rapidly starving to death. When time passed and the animals had evidently not starved to death, Frederick and Pilkington changed their tune and began to talk of the terrible wickedness that now flourished on Animal Farm. It was given out that the animals there practised cannibalism, tortured one another with red-hot horseshoes, and had their females in common. I don't know what that means. What I just that everybody
0: a, had their way with the women? Sharing their oh. mares, sharing yeah.
1: their towels, sharing the pretty dark yeah. female sheep.
0: I think this is obviously quite interesting because it's like obviously talking about how the upper classes weren't happy that there was a revolution that happened and they're obviously kind of going, oh, who do these working class people think they are running a country? Like, don't they know they need their betters? Otherwise, how are they going to survive?
1: Does that allude to the sort of, you know, anti-communist propaganda in terms of like... Oh, selling, selling these stories about um because because obviously the way it would be painted even even in nowadays to a lot of people in like uh, middle middle america what they think they don't even know what communism is it's just this, no. this 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 big horrible word and they can they can only imagine yeah they just
0: throw it around it's propaganda just like animal farmer using propaganda the pigs are using it on animal farm to get their own way the capitalist places elsewhere, are also doing it to demonise that ideology in order to make it a moral issue as well? Have you noticed that they brought morality into it? They're basically saying, oh,
1: no, you don't want to look at that because then you become immoral. I do like that Mr. Jones didn't like just try and get it back. He just sat in the pub. Yeah. I'm kind of like, um...
0: Yeah, fair enough. He didn't like get some men and some guns and turn up. Like he just literally went, "Okay, well that's that." (laughs) What's that allegory sitting in the pub and
1: whinging? (laughs) Yeah, and I love that
0: Mrs. Jones hasn't turned up anywhere either. She's just gone and left him.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, she's definitely found somebody else. Yeah, exactly. This was what came of rebelling against the laws of nature, Frederick and Pilkington said. However, these stories were never fully believed. Rumours of a wonderful farm, where the human beings had been turned out and the animals managed their own affairs, continued to circulate in vague and distorted forms. And throughout that year, a wave of rebelliousness ran through the countryside. Bulls, which had always been tractable, suddenly turned savage. Sheep broke down hedges and devoured the clover. Cows kicked the pail over. Hunters refused their fences and shot their riders onto the other side. Above all, the tune and even the words of Beast of England were known everywhere. It had spread with astonishing speed. The human beings could not contain their rage when they heard this song, though they pretended to think it merely ridiculous. They could not understand, they said, how even animals could bring themselves to sing such a contemptible rubbish. Any animal caught singing it was given a flogging on the spot. And yet the song was irrepressible. The blackbirds whistled it in the hedges. The pigeons cooed it in the elms. It got into the din of the smithies and the tune of the church bells. And when the human beings listened to it, they secretly trembled, hearing it a prophecy of their future doom.
0: I just love the idea of just like... (laughs) (laughs) ba 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 moo 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 like how do they understand what these animals are saying like they've never said up till now that they could talk to the animals
1: yeah i
2: have to say i was um, I'm reminded of hunger games where they teach the yeah, and where she teaches the, the, the birds the song. But then also when, when they do the, the propos in the later films and she sings that song and that kind of becomes the anthem yeah. of the people to overthrow.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah well, yeah. It, it's the same as what happened with the, um, the spirituals during the um, Underground Railroad. And yeah. all the rest of it, like, music is so powerful for spreading messages. I mean, it's been used for years.
2: Yeah, for, for morale, but also Well, if, I mean, uh,
0: why do you think we have national anthems?
1: Yeah. That's true. It's true. Because it like immediately you just... puts you in the mindset of oh I'm being patriotic and I'm standing up. Yeah. Rather it's <laughs> like <laughs> Um It's essentially it, isn't it? It's like um
2: Well let's just test that let's just test that out to see if David does instinctively stand up. God's David
1: <laughs> <name laughs> He's up, he's up, he's immediately up. She'll see me. I stood to attention for the Queen. Lizzie's at the window. Yeah. So <laughs> like Andy's coming, but <laughs> one didn't stand up. <laughs> it's a it's a party game. She does it. She like goes up onto the balcony. She plays it, and anyone who's not standing up, is like you're out. You have to go <laughs> sit down. <laughs> well, and they get deported. Yeah, basically. It's um...
2: <laughs> early in October when the corn was cut and stacked, and some of it was already threshed a flight of pigeons came whirling through the air and alighted in the yard of Animal Farm in the wildest excitement. Jones and all his men, with half a dozen others from Foxwood and Pinchfield, had entered the five-bar gate and were coming up the cart track that led to the farm.
0: Oh, he's finally decided to do something about it.
2: They're coming with their pitchforks.
0: There you go. We did say, why is he just sitting in the pub? Why is he not trying to take the farm back?
2: Yeah. Yeah. They were all carrying sticks, except Jones, who was marching ahead with a gun in his hands. Obviously, they were going to attempt to recapture the farm. This had long been expected and all precautions had been made. Snowball, who had studied an old book of Julius Caesar's campaigns, which he had found in the farmhouse, was in charge of the defensive operations.
1: Does he know that he goes in a Caesar salad? (laughs) Like I was gonna say, like, I just love the
0: idea of you know the uh, you always study the Romans and their battle techniques
1: of like all yeah. the animals in with the shields, Tortuga, to yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, <vegetable. laughs> but like they they come a cropper because they're all different heights. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> he gave his orders quickly, and in a couple of minutes, every animal was at his post. As the human beings approached the farm buildings snowball launched his first attack all the pigeons to the number of 35 flew to and fro over the men's heads and muted upon them from mid-air
0: what does muted mean does that mean poo on them
2: um, i'm guessing it means poop <laughs>
0: Muted. <laughs> just going That's for a, a... mute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just gonna going gonna for a cheeky mute. little mute. Uh,
1: you got to put me on mute? That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Have you just muted? <laughs> <laughs> Miss, he muted himself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, dear. And while the men were dealing with this, the geese, who had been hiding behind the hedge, rushed out and pecked viciously at the calves of their legs. Propaganda. How- However, this was only a light skirmishing manoeuvre Intended to create a little disorder And the men easily drove the geese off with their sticks Snowball now launched his second line of attack Muriel, Benjamin and all the sheep With Snowball at the head of them Rushed forward and prodded and butted the men from every side While Benjamin turned around and lashed at them with his small hooves but once again, the men with their sticks and their hobnailed boots were too strong for them. And suddenly, at a squeal from Snowball, which was the signal for retreat, thank you, all the animals turned and fled through the gateway into the yard. The men gave a shout of triumph. They saw, as they imagined, their enemies in flight, and they rushed after them in disorder. This was just what Snowball had intended. As soon as they were well inside the yard, the three horses, the three cows and the rest of the pigs, who had been lying in ambush in the cowshed, suddenly emerged in their rear, cutting them off. Snowball now gave the signal for the charge. He himself dashed straight for Jones. Jones saw him coming, raised his gun and fired. The pellets scored bloody streaks along Snowball's back, and the sheep dropped dead. Without halting for an instant, Snowball flung his fifteen stone against Jones's legs. Jones was hurled into a pile of dung, and his gun flew out of his hands. But the most terrifying spectacle of all was Boxer, rearing up on his hind legs and striking out with his great iron-shod hooves like a stallion. His very first blow took a stable lad from foxwood on the skull and stretched him lifeless in the mud. At the sight, several men dropped their sticks and tried to run. Panic overtook them, and the next moment all the animals together were chasing them round and round the yard. They were gored, kicked, bitten, trampled on. There was not an animal on the farm that did not take vengeance on them after his own fashion. Even the cat suddenly leapt off the roof onto a cowman's shoulders and sank her claws in his neck, at which he yelled horribly. At a moment when the opening was clear, the men were glad enough to rush out of the yard and make a bolt for the main road, and so within five minutes of their invasion, they were in ignominious retreat by the same way as they had come. "'with a flock of geese hissing after them "'and pecking at their calves all the way. "'All the men were gone except one. "'Back in the yard, Boxer was pawing with his hoof "'at the stable lad who lay face down in the mud, "'trying to turn him over. "'The boy did not stir. "'He's dead,' said Boxer sorrowfully. "'I had no intention of doing that. (laughs) "'I forgot.
1: "'I was wearing iron shoes.' Who will believe that I didn't do this on purpose? It's like knuckle dusters, isn't it? It's the equivalent, yeah. yeah. With a horse, yeah, wielding them. Oh my goodness, yeah. Would you like that? Would kill you just so oh, quickly? Yeah. Blow on the head, dead in a second. Yeah, yeah.
2: No sentimentality, comrade," cried Snowball, from whose wounds the blood was still dripping. War is war. The only good human being is a dead one i have no wish to take a life not even human life repeated boxer and his eyes were full of tears where is molly exclaimed somebody molly in fact was missing for a was. moment there was great alarm it was feared that the men might have harmed her in some way or even carried her off with them
1: kidnap this tied to a chair <laughs> <laughs> no, i mean she
2: she would definitely be tied to the railway track
1: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> In the silent movie,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I would love to see like people trying to carry a horse. Like, oh, yeah. they might have carried her off Quite with tricky. them. Like, how, how on earth are you gonna? Like, I don't think there's so need... many people to carry a thrashing horse.
2: I don't think they'd need to um to 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 pick her up though. They'd just like waft a toffee apple, and she'd be like, yeah,
1: ooh. Be <laughs> a nice yellow ribbon, carrot, and yeah. a stick. I know that's traditionally carrot done with stick. donkeys, but we can make an yeah. exception. And I think you'd have to have like a really big armchair, and then maybe you'd have to have like a footstool, and then like have about two binds of rope. It took about four people. But that's wow. how you could. You've, that's how you could tie a you've horse. You've really thought this through, yeah. haven't you?
2: Is it, have you Have you kidnapped a horse before? Yeah, but <laughs> I I had to buy. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I had to hire at the yeah. church hall, and I actually ran out <laughs> okay. of um like I ran out of time because it said, well, we have got the yeah. WI in here, so I had to I, I, looked, no, my, right, yeah, so I had to let the horse go.
0: I'm so confused. I don't understand Have how any of those <laughs> scenarios link together at all, but
1: let's just keep going. <laughs> I had to hire the yeah, church because yeah, yeah. that's the only room that was big enough. Exactly. Well you couldn't just do it in a normal room, could you? No. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know you could you know if you need like a room you can not like, hire it. <laughs> yeah, but okay. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> yeah. you can you can only book a certain time and I, c- I can't believe yeah, I'm to explain yeah, it. It's, if
0: you're just kidnapping a horse, I don't know why you just don't
1: do this outside. Why do you need a room to kidnap a Because it needs horse? to be in a room because it's like James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, a disused warehouse. Just, a disused warehouse right, in the I'm lives. not the
0: one confused. David's the one who's confused.
2: David, Matt's got sushi on the way. He doesn't need all of this yeah. um, <laughs> meandering conversation. He's looking forward to his his maki-maki. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds so dodgy Mooty yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mooty oh,
2: oh lovely In the end however She was found hiding in her stall With her head buried among the hay in the manger She had taken to flight as soon as the gun went off And when the others came back from looking for her It was to find that the stable lad Who was in fact only stunned Had already recovered and made off He's not dead, that's good Is it good? It is good, we shouldn't be I guess so, yeah The animals had now reassembled in the wildest excitement Each recounting his own exploits in the battle at the top of his voice An impromptu celebration of the victory was held immediately The flag was run up and Beasts of England was sung a number of times Then the sheep who had been killed were given a solemn funeral A hawthorn bush being planted on her grave At the graveside Snowball made a little speech, emphasizing the need for all animals to be ready to die for Animal Farm if need be. The animals decided unanimously to create a military decoration, Animal Hero First Class, which was conferred there and then on Snowball and Boxer. It consisted of a brass medal. They were really some old horse brasses which had been found in the harness room, to be worn on Sundays and holidays. There was also animal hero second class, which was conferred posthumously on the dead sheep. There was much discussion as to what the battle should be called. In the end, it was named the Battle of the Cowshed, since that was where the ambush had been sprung. Mr Jones' gun had been found lying in the mud, and it was known that there was a supply of cartridges in the farmhouse. It was decided to set the gun up at the foot of the flagstaff like a piece of artillery and to fire it twice a year once on October the 12th, the anniversary of the Battle of the Cowshed, and once on Midsummer Day, the
1: anniversary of the rebellion. Are they going to start having big, like, military parades, like demonstrative yeah. military parades <laughs> with, like, and it's like getting goose... the nuclear
0: missiles down doing the, that, like, the like proper, street. like, step hop, step, uh, like marching. Yeah.
1: I'm imagining North Korea like yeah military like Display. there's yeah. a plow and like the one gun that comes at the end <laughs> <laughs> Look at our might and then just like a big <laughs> so good. trailer of pigeon poo <laughs> Uh
2: by the by, that was end of chapter Oh wow
1: oh I ruined the yeah. drama. oh well You d- you definitely <laughs> did but it's fine you know it's all good
0: So So the battle of the cowshed. Yeah, I mean, at least he's keeping the action going, isn't he? In order to kind of keep it interesting. That's like the second fight with the humans we've seen already, and it's only chapter four. We're looking at lit charts for this book.
2: (gasps) Lit chart.
0: Rewind. The battle of the cowshed is meant to represent the Russian Civil War, which took place just after Tsar Nicholas was forced out. So it's meant to be just this other civil war that kind of happened afterwards, where probably, I mean, I've not looked it up, but what I'm assuming is almost what happens every time a royal gets thrown out, where the royal tried to come back, and some people who were royalists were on his side, and a lot of people weren't. Right. And There was a there was a battle. So of there power was like again. a bit of a fight. This has right? kind of happened pretty much every country where there was some kind of revolution. The king tried to make some kind of comeback and didn't make. Yeah. Didn't manage it.
1: Assar is born so <laughs> without
0: looking it up i'm pretty sure that's what that was about so though the cat does participate in this battle it's implied that there's little risk to the cat in this sense it becomes clear that the cat is only interested in supporting the revolution if the revolution is in line with what it wants anyway so that's also meant to be representative of the middle class the base of saying they align with it whichever way the wind's blowing kind of whichever way they see themselves right. getting the best outcome, they'll go, oh, go on then, we'll side with the working class on this one. Yeah. Oh, actually, no, we'll side with the elites on this one. So basically saying that you can't really count on them for their loyalty because they're kind of comfortable either way, no matter which side wins.
2: So do you, do you reckon it's quite intentional then that Orwell made that character a cat?
0: I think given so.
1: That, because... Given that
2: cats often sit on the fence.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> jump off oh, the fence.
0: Literally, yeah. With got great dexterity. It. It took me a while. Just about the last bit, Snowball's speech in its entirety begins to illustrate how he's starting to train the lower classes to be entirely loyal to the state and even willing to die for it. Establishing holidays commemorating the revolution and the Battle of Cowshed create built-in times for Snowball to remind the animals of their duty to the state, as well as their pride in what they've created. Now, what's interesting about reading that is that is not something that is peculiar to just communism. That is something that happens in every single nation on the planet. Like every single nation has these kind of commemorative holidays. Whether it's V-Day, Remembrance Sunday, I'm sure they've got ones in America for like Pearl Harbor and...
2: One of them that bizarrely, and I I have no idea why, but it always seems to come up on my calendar like 87 times in the different calendars, is the Battle of the Boyne which is a Northern Irish holiday, which is uh, on the 12th of July this year.
0: But it's just interesting how these things are used in order to instill patriotism, to instill loyalty to the state and to remind people of what's expected of them should the state come under attack or be threatened in any way. Do you see what I mean? It's like it's meant to invoke this feeling of like being willing to make the ultimate sacrifice for one's country.
1: Yeah, and what the people, you know, it's 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 in a lot of people's patriotism that um, we are literally having Waterloo, um, and Dunkirk, and um, you know whether mm. it's right or wrong, ram down your throat. And for Scotland, Bannockburn as a yeah. sort of like that represents for them uh scotland getting one over in england for example i'm trying to um in for america as well you know um yeah fourth. I, I mean it's like i guess it's a bit because it's independence but like the fourth of july because that yeah. was a victory over someone yeah and you still get you will still get people going like that's the time where we whooped your ass it was like but that is so irrelevant to you now and like your pa- your patriotism has got nothing to do with that or it shouldn't do It's just
0: interesting because obviously Litcharts and George Orwell are looking at this from a very communist point of view of like, this is what they do to create loyalty from the lower classes towards the state. But really, this is just universal state building. Like this happens across every every single type of government, no matter what type of government it is. This is just statecraft. And about invoking some kind of emotion towards one's country is one of the best ways of mobilizing people and unifying people and, you know, mobilizing them against an enemy or a threat. That's kind of like the best way to do it. Often on the spectrum, you see a lot of consistent features that happen no matter what type of government it is. Because at the end of the day, nation building is nation building. And humans are humans and the best way to unify humans or to get them all on side and to get them all under one banner is the same no matter what the ideology of the government is. As I say, these ideologies are often placed against each other, capitalism and communism and like fascism and socialism. And, but there's some very interesting underlying foundations that are the same no matter what,
1: just because people are people. Yes, this book is far too good just to be. This is just this is the allegory of communism because I think very quickly we've realised it certainly isn't. It's actually all about human nature, um, but it uses it, it yeah. the story of communism to um, tell us all about human nature and animal nature. Um, so it is. It's it's not just. It's certainly not just a hymn book about communism in any way, which is what I thought it was. You could almost have a sequel and apply it to another th- ideology. I don't know. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And just see how that yeah. how, how that would pan out because the animals is a perfect idea because there are still the same sort of, it's mirrored in human nature, but just in a yeah. different way. They're physically different, but you imagine they would align to different because there is a food chain and all that sort of thing. Um, I think what it what it points out more than anything is that no system
0: will ever be perfect because the people that make up that system are imperfect.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: And so that's the reason why no matter what style of government you build there will always be exploitation to an extent there will always be people who abuse and manipulate the system for their
1: own benefit and Piggy actually,
0: because kids. humans are inherently selfish and inherently
1: imperfect. So, listeners, all you need to know when you go away, when you're a merry little way, maybe you're having some toast in the morning, maybe you're on way to work. All you need to know is you are far from perfect, is what we <laughs> wanted to tell you today. But I think
0: but, but what actually just came to mind is, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the Divergent series. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where that's kind of like this, isn't it? Where you've got people who are very smart or very amicable or very truthful or very um fearless or you know you've got all these different factors but nobody seemed to be all of them everyone had a weakness everyone had a blind spot everyone had a thing of this is what society should look like this is what society no no this is what society should look like but they're all based on their very narrow-minded views of what they think human are based on how they behave not realizing that because other people behave differently from me therefore my system will not work
1: Yes, because the idea, they will
0: inherently undermine it, or it won't work for them.
2: Yeah, 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 is Yeah, great examples of that kind of like. Well, in theory, if everyone was like this, this would this exactly. would be a, a dream. Yeah, but it but that's not the case. But yeah.
0: people don't fit cookie cutter. We don't have cookie cutter people, so it, 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 any system that we can come up with will never serve everybody. It just won't. So it's basically the case of going. How can we evolve to the point where we have something that at least works on you know a moral level but then morality changes and shifts as time goes on as well you see that in in society today in terms of what is deemed morally okay that wasn't deemed morally okay 20 years ago 40 years ago 50 years 100 years ago but I mean it's like it, it, it all changes with every generation that comes through as well so it's constantly evolving but I don't think we'll ever get to a perfect system just because
1: humans are inherently... Because there's always imperfect. a knobhead somewhere, basically. Yeah. My prediction, even though I kind of, is that they're going to start getting quite materialistic when they start going, cool, we've done that now. Well yeah.
0: yeah, I think certain classes of them are going to be starting to get quite well, materialistic.
1: Well, uh I guess the idea of an honour is quite materialistic in a way because yeah. it puts it puts that so, yeah. cuz that's all it is, isn't it? It's it's trying to, it's trying to go up one level. It's status. Yeah. It's about trying to place yourself above others. Cuz even if I think about that in my head I go, "Oh yeah, but if I got a car, then suddenly I think of myself as better in some sort of way." Even if you're mm-hmm. going, "Well no, that's not true." Subconsciously, you are going. Oh, yeah, but then I've got that car, and I can do that, and I can do that. Yeah. Ultimately it boils down to a very raw version of materialism. Um, yeah. Maybe they, yep. they're going to build a shopping mall or something for the cats.
2: I am quite worried about this gun, though, that they're leaving at the bottom of the uh, yeah
1: hole.
0: I feel like some pigs going to take it upon they themselves. Give it both barrels, point.
1: literally. Uh,
0: well, if you have any thoughts or opinions on this chapter, you can message us on thelazybookclub
1: at gmail dot com. Or if you want to give us both barrels on Twitter, not in a bad way, just just <laughs> conversing, just trying to tie it in. Um, our handle, as you all know, is at Lazy Book Club Pod.
2: Yep, and the handle is exactly the same on Instagram as well for all your pictorial needs at Lazy Book Club. I don't think
0: you can handle this. I don't think Lazy Book Club Pod. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. As always, please do like, share and rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, how, how many
2: stars do you think we should? I believe
1: the it? minimum is five. Minimum five. <laughs> Great. Maybe if we tell everyone it's out of ten. Just, it's actually Just of so five. long as yes, we know. Yes, exactly. So yeah. like, oh, I'm going to give them seven, yeah. seven so out So if of you ten. think it's
2: terrible, give it five. If you think it's any better than that, give it more than five. That yeah, yeah, yeah. five. Yeah. yeah. That sounds pretty good
0: also from next month we'll be launching a patreon so i'll be sharing the details of that on our twitter as well so if you would like to support us then you can sign up there and the benefits will be listed on the patreon page at the moment it's just an extra episode a month and i've started making my own jewelry out of
1: pasta so you might
2: get some of that as well
1: and i for 5 know. minutes will come on zoom and just stare at you. Ooh. <laughs> I won't say anything, but that that's, that's worth accurate. a couple of quid a month. I'll isn't just it? Sniff. definitely
0: <laughs> definitely. Well, thank you very much for listening and we will see you next week for chapter 5 of Animal Farm. See and you bye. then. Bye.